this is what episode three now of the plug. Once again, privileged to have Neil Pratchett or Neil Prince here with me to talk some some stuff about motocross and dirt bikes and all that stuff. So, um, how's it going, guys? How's your week been so far? Yeah. Loving life. Yeah, and no, I've had a hectic week eh, with the training schools. We did a day at Milden Hall yesterday. Um, yeah, I see that no, massive, Tuesday, massive, yeah. wasn't it? It was like a hundred riders there, um, but it was cool, you know, I got to catch up with Ando, mm-hmm. Elliot, I haven't seen those boys for a long time, you know, so obviously I've been away from the sports a bit, so it was good to catch up with them, and then just uh, very cool, all the people they want to learn, you know. Like that was Chris Bastic. Yeah, Bastic yep. puts that on. So uh, doing that, and then coaching yesterday, coaching today, so it seems like First that's what's taking up most of my life, eh? And uh, we was out at the chat today, me and Neil, with Joel Rizzo, who's in the other room there. He might pop in later on. But uh, he won't be able to move. He's eating all the biscuits. He's eating all the biscuits. Yeah, he's he's glued to Instagram. I swear, he was at the track earlier, and I thought his neck was going to hurt because he's just like this the whole time. Just soon, if he's not on the bike, he's on his phone. I think that's normal for kids now. Yeah. That's the no, thing. I you don't miss it. If they could have it on the handlebars, they'd have it, it on. It was funny when we came here, we was waiting for you. I was just sat on my desk, I was looking over the sofa, and Neil's got the, the paper out, and he's having a look like that. Joel's just flicking away, just going, yeah, going through. I thought, yeah, that's like, the difference I, in generations I think right there. When, like when you're 16 and you're whole ass on a motorbike, you're just getting loads of chicks rolling yeah. in the air. <laughs> <laughs> and he's just, yeah, he's just sorting through them all away. Yeah, that's, just he must have. dream. You see a few of the pictures and you think, oh, God, we're getting old. <laughs> <laughs> that's the problem. <laughs> all right, so we're, we're going to do things a little bit differently to start this episode off. We'll do a new segment, kind of, what's the coolest thing you've seen in motocross this week? So... Start with you, Nev. What is the coolest thing you've seen in motocross this week? Um, well, I would say besides the Caroli and yeah, uh, Garza battle, besides that, like, I went and did a, like, a club race for the AMCA. We, like, you have to do five club races. And we, um, I was driving there, like, something like we're getting close to Hawkstone, like, literally on the same, like, literally two miles from Hawkstone, there was a track there. And it was the sickest track, dude. It was like desert modern kind of dirt, like, mm-hmm. real, like, red sand loamy. Yeah. Side of a hill, and you go through, like, two or three fields. And um, it just blows my mind, dude. Like, I've been here for, like, 15, 16 years. Never even heard of the place. <laughs> never what seen was it photo- called? Um, Long Lane. Long Lane. See, I've been here for 23 years. Never heard of it. Dude, you, you will have seen it, though. It's when you go to Hawkstone, you all... Like, I've always... No, I've no, seen no, it for years on the side of the one. hill. It's another one. It's not the it's same one. Because I've seen a track on the side, and it's not this track. Is it not the one you can see before on the... It's, like, on the bank there. Is that what it is? Possibly. Can... Like, I know that there's another one about two miles away that they also use. And I thought that's the one I looked at, because... This one's like kind of hidden. It's in like a valley, but you kind of go through like two fields and it, dude, it was like very much like Brampton and yeah. you know, like mm-hmm. those northern tracks, how yeah. like it roughed up and stuff. And it's like, dude, like if you could race a British there, like it would be so sick, you know, like the track was like so rough, like all the classes are full and it was just like real, it like opened up my eyes, you know, like when you're racing like British and Red Bull and stuff, like you kind of think you're the only people in the country that are racing. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, like so proper blinkers. Straight up, dude, it's like, it's unreal, you know, like every class is full, like people are enjoying their riding and yeah, it's just, it's just very mind opening, you know, um, motocross racing seems to be thriving, you know, like you can go race anywhere in the country, any one of <clears> 10 <throat> meetings and struggle to get an entry in any class, you know. So um, it's quite cool to see and just, yeah, just an eye-opener, you know, like it is actually quite cool to actually see the wide variety and you can actually see like when you are professional, like the fans of the sport come from that racing. Yeah. You know, They're so the people that go and watch. it's cool to like go back to that and, you know, see what those guys are doing and appreciate, even me myself now, like appreciate the guys that are at the top of their, of their game at the minute, you know. But also them people who do their AMCA events, like they're, they're people who work, they do normal jobs, 
and they're the people why British Championship is kind of you got them riders without them guys doing the AMCA, you know, it's you know without them there'd be no motocross. That's plain yeah. and simple. They buy the bikes, they put some of the money back into the manufacturers, then they can do sponsorship. So I think you're dead right. And you know when you go to like the place like Long Lane, or you go to a lot of AMCA tracks where. I think I went one time to a place called um, maybe Colorton. It's like um, it was close to Luke Burton's house and it was like kind of a hilly track. But I went there with Rio Sato and I got there, looked at the track and I was like, Luke had said it was a good track. And I was like, it was like excellent, mm -hmm. like tight in a few places, but dropped down around a few corners. But fantastic track. And like Nev says, you know, you go to a place like and you're like, God, I've never been yeah. anywhere yeah, like yeah, this, yeah. you yeah. know. You passed it like you've probably passed yeah. it like 30, 40 yeah. times in your life. You didn't even know it was in there. You know? That's that, it. that happens a lot for us, like when we're going out filming and stuff. Like with you last year, and we're like, where can we go film? Where can we go film? Where it's good? And then I know you what you're going to say with the you, CR125. Well, with him, yeah, was he on the CR125? No, that was two years ago, wasn't it? Was it? Oh, best thought. Oh, best thought. Yeah, I've never seen that track ever. Have you never been? Never been there. When I watched the video, I was like, "Is this track? Yeah, yeah, it's very cool track. It's a nice little 125 track, best thought, isn't it? Yeah. I can't remember if they had the extension out when you went there. Like, yeah, came over and they just had, but it was still quite cool before. But that extra little bit they've put on just makes. Yeah, that's a nice, nice track. It's not a million miles away from Millwall. Yeah. Did you know when you go down? The, um, I think it's the A11, isn't it? Yeah. And then you take down. you take a left towards Mildenhall. Yeah. Take right there, and it's up there about 20 miles, 30 miles. Yeah, I've there. never been there, and I mean, I watched the video and was like, I've it's never like, been anywhere. Yeah, no. You've it's never not, seen it's, it before. It's a stone's throw away from Ling. Yeah. It's not very far from Ling at all. Now, that's a sick, like, that's another little hidden gem. Yeah, yeah. But there's so many Loads little tracks, gems out yeah, there that you yeah. don't think about it straight would, away. Like, like, I think it would be quite cool, like, you know, for the British Championship to throw some, like, it would be cool to go to a track where people, like, four... Three or four tracks that people have never been to, you know? Yeah. Like it's a, you know, like a, every year it's tracks you've been to, you visit the same tracks, visit the same tracks, you know, like every year it's kind of like they use the same tracks. It'll be cool, go somewhere where like no one's been, you know? I see people say that in the AMA, like some of the riders there, when they do the nationals, it's been the same 12 yeah, tracks yeah. for 40 odd years pretty much. And a lot of the guys are like, See, the thing is, I kind of thought then. that these were the only tracks that there were. <laughs> and now I'm like, <laughs> they're, they're, just tracks, they're everywhere, man. Yeah. You know, even like tracks like Brenton and stuff, when we used to race Brenton, and yeah. just a different kind of track, you know, like multiple lines, the track gets rough, like, be cool to see like, I think the tracks like that thrown back into the mix. I think the problem is, is with these tracks you've got, is the organisers haven't really got the money to do a British Championship, mm. so, you know, obviously to get the level, not a level, but the British Championship to come there, there's more... There's a lot more involved mm. in it, and you know, like um, and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, and, yeah. yeah. like the infrastructure. Like, yeah. when you look at a GP now, Will and Weezer at Matley, I was thinking, I was trying to think like, what other track could handle this? Yeah, because just the way the infrastructure is at Matley Basin now, with the I, TV studios and everything they've got. But I have to stop up. you. Stop you there. I went to Arco de Trento the weekend. Oh, true, true, yeah. And you know, like people say, oh, you can't run a Hawkstone Park. I mean, Matley's superb. Uh, yeah, Dixon does a superb job there. It's you know it's the right place, but then you go to say, you know, uh, Fox Hills, Hawkstone Park, Farley Castle. Them three tracks could still easily run a GP, mm -hmm. and someone might go, yeah, and you're talking rubbish. But go to Arco de Trento the weekend, side of a hill. You know, Joel's camper was at least two miles away from the racetrack up, up the top yeah. end of the field. They got two tiers. You know, the car park B paddock was let's say two miles walk. Yeah to the track yeah so that gives you an example of you know when when they say yeah you need this you need that yeah 
but like it doesn't happen like in that their, from probably, the way they think of it like the pictures they get from that and the footage they get from that it sells MXGP yeah. doesn't it like it looks so epic and you yeah. see pictures from that it looks like it's shot on like another planet doesn't it yeah it is yeah and that, I think they're obviously taking a hit there in the parking and the infrastructure for those shots of the mountains in the background yep we just need some of those near Fox Hills and the crowd come as well like yeah. there was plenty of crowd there for sure plenty of crowd so that let move us on then to what's the coolest thing that you saw in motocross this week uh, this week uh, I was in I was in Italy this week working for Joel and um, I watched Caroli and uh, guys are battling yeah well, this was going to be my pick, and uh, yeah. you, you chose it, so I'll pick something else. But to be honest, it was quite quite amazing to see that um, you know they're racing like they're like twenty years old. That's how we look. Well, I mean, Geyser is yeah, Geyser is like, 21, 22. 22. and you see Caroli like I think how much he's done. He's only twenty two. Yeah, but you look at Caroli the weekend. He was riding like it was the yeah, last race of the awesome, year. Dude. You know, people might go, "Yeah, I'm talking, I'm like kind of saying it," but what, I was actually there physically yeah. next to the track watching it. Like, and it was some of the best racing I'd seen. Oh, and awesome. um, Joel asked me today this question because obviously everyone goes, yeah, if Hurlings is there, yeah, if Hurlings is there, fair enough. But what I saw the weekend is Caroli and guys that they're really well matched on speed, like very well matched. Like Caroli, I don't know if you saw on TV, he, he whipped it on the finish line jump. Mm. Yeah. He whipped it that hard to try and get under Geyser. He just allowed the Geyser past him. Uh, no, it was a couple of before, but he nearly crashed. Yeah. Like, he yeah. whipped it out, he nearly he, didn't he did get it back. Loose. He looked loose in the weekend. They both looked loose. I thought the track looked kind of weird, because obviously it rained a lot, right? But Geyser looked, to me, Geyser looked kind of in, half in control the weekend. Yeah, he did look good. Eh? He like, did you see, momentum you might have not seen it, but on TV, did you see... Did you know the bit where Bobby crashed a few years ago, and that guy crashed into yes. his back? And yeah, in yeah. the corner after that... Yep. I think it was the lap that Caroli got past. He tried the outside move and he pitched him forward and he looked like he was going over the bars. Yeah. You're like, he is on the limit. Yeah, he looks like he's going to crash and then he nails the corner perfectly. Yeah, yeah. That dude like, is, that's a dude on and, the limit. But he's the... also so hungry still. Eh? Like, I think it was in the qualifying race. He got beaten in the qualifying race. Yeah, by not a and lot. And he was so bombed. Eh? Yeah, like, he was. Just, you know, <laughs> yeah. Like, fair play, the guys won nine world championships and he still gets pissed when he loses a yeah. qualifying race. Yeah. I think, um, yeah, like we said every week, like the guy... He's a he's a true champion, eh? Yeah. And and the way the weekend, the way they they went at it, you know, it like you know it looked like they couldn't care if they crashed and missed mm. the season. Like guys are kind of had it in him to beat Caroli, yeah. and Caroli, I think he was, was working hard tonight. Yeah, he yeah, wanted yeah, to he, win big time. I haven't seen Caroli push that hard no. for a long time. Yeah. Like normally when Caroli pushes, he's quite calculated with the way he rides. Like he's going fast, but he's not making mistakes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He was making big mistakes, dude. But straight back on it, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's what I'm saying. And then moment. trying to make it up on the next section, like he'd make a mistake, and then he's just scrubbing hard on the next bit. Yeah. Like he was, you know, like he was quite his limit. I think, you know, like from his point of view, like I think he's trying to think like maybe he doesn't want Garcia to get too much confidence. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Because I mean, like he's starting to like the, what's this like the third motor in a row? Yeah, where like, you know um, he's taking it. What was so. the years that guys won sixteen, two fifty, seventeen, in the four fifties? Right, he won the world championships. Yeah, and then once he had that momentum roll, and yeah. he was hard to beat. He was good, yeah, yeah. And then he got injured for a bit, mm. but then when he was when he was winning, Carrelli was also struggling those yeah. years with his injury. So True. it's quite cool to see them both fully fit and, and going hard at I it. I think I think Tim's like silent. Well, not silence a lot of people, but. People, because of what Caroli and Hurlings did last year and how far ahead they were, they yeah. just thought, oh, it's going to be Caroli's show yeah. this year. And now he's come out the gates and he's doing this. Yeah, and but it's the like, problem people is, like, dude, for Caroli, like, 
it's 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 I wouldn't say it's impossible, but it's hard to you know race to that level where he's racing with Hurley's last year and Hurley's yeah. isn't there. Like you said this last the, week. You know the he reason can he can it. do that is because they both put in each other long. Like you know, like now Gas is like on Caroli and Caroli's like the Hurley's putting the Caroli on. Yeah, it's kind of just it's two people like like you're never ever just gonna ride away from people. You know, like at that level now. But I think Hurlings would. What I, like Joel asked me, and um, I haven't qu- quite said it yet. But what I noticed the weekend, these two are quite evenly matched. Mm. Like when guys uh, was behind, he could get to Caroli, yeah, make a pass. And in the second race of the weekend, I think my fear was yes, Caroli made some. The track was real sketchy, yeah. So a stronger person could go quicker around there. And guys are, I think. Looks physically he's quite, big, quite, well. quite strong. strong yeah. Where Caroli's a smaller type of character, so it's easy to make a mistake mm. the way the track was. But Caroli caught him, passed him, and then when he passed him, he made the mistake in the corner. Yeah. And from what I read, when he he crashed right in front of me in the next bit, I was literally from me to Neville when he crashed. He ran over the berm, and it kind of looked weird. And what he said is he hurt his knee, so he couldn't put his knee out. So, to me. That race, Caroli kind of had him beat. Be, yeah. Like he looked yeah, a little, yeah, he yeah, made yeah. that mistake and went down. And people go, yeah, but he didn't win it. But Caroli, I thought he'd attacked him, attacked him. And then he did him at the end. Did him. But he crashed. And then he crashed. Yeah, yeah. And I think, yeah, I think he had I guys who answered that I, day. I, for sure he would have won it. Or not for sure, you can never say for sure, but I think he had a good chance. He like attacked him at the right time. Yeah, and that's like, his and, speciality. He's you know, like attacking, attacking at the right and time. And he, like, he's got such a good race craft. He knows how to read a race. Let a race come to him when he's feeling it, he pushes, he knows, mm-hmm. you know, like he's real calculated. And I think, you know, like he went hard when he passed him, eh? he was Big like time. on the edge when he passed him. And then, yeah, just caught him out. But they, but again, you know, like the way he crashed, that could be a, a like a season engine, like if he caught his knee and did his knee. But again, like the guy's experienced enough to know. Yeah, he was like going to meet a meter bank he was riding yeah, up when yeah. he came off. And he was still, that's what I mean. I, I don't, I, I think it was meant that much to him to do and I think he'd done the hard work till then because it was about two laps to go yeah he'd got him and yeah made the mistake went down but he'd kind of I think he'd wore him out by then because I still say you know my my feeling is Cairoli's the stronger guy out of all of them at the minute no one's as strong as him at the moment you know what the most impressive bit was Cairo um Guys, he didn't lose his peak at the weekend. Yeah. <laughs> How boss was the move that he made, though, in the, I think it's the second boat, when he passed him in front of all of his fans, in that one section where it was all, like, yeah. red and yellow, and you're like, that's the place you want to make the pass then, isn't it, in front of all of his... Because that's, mm. like, that's the closest race to Slovenia, right? Yes, it so is, So yeah. it's basically his home home race yeah. with all of his fans there. Yeah. And he looks like he's got yeah. like, one no, of his he's fan got a base. Good and then at the end, you know, like, both they respect each other, they race clean. It's yeah, that's cool. to see that as well. That like was probably the, the coolest thing. Like, sometimes you can see, like, it ends and it's a bit bitter or whatever, but, you know, those two guys are genuinely two good yeah, people. genuine respect. Like, when you, hard, like you, you said, know? when you're racing 450s like that or around a track like that, yeah. you've got to respect the other dude for matching. Yeah, you know, exactly, yeah. And I have to say, the fans were cheering on both of them as well. It wasn't just, which is nice for Cairoli, is um, what you're saying is, I, I actually thought they were all Italians until you see the flags and you're thinking, yeah. they're kind of just cheering them both on because they were both in an intense battle, really. Mm. Um, but the the bad thing for the the rest of the riders was they were 20, 30 they, seconds behind. They were 40 seconds ahead, I yeah. think, by the end. It was nice to see Tonus get a decent result, eh? Yeah. Like, that, that, that boy can ride a bike. It's he's, cool to see him, actually. He's one of those, a bit like Kevin Windham, isn't he? Like, you mm. watch him think, he's got some style, Unreal, like natural dude. talent, Unreal. just natural yeah, style. Yeah. Like, fair play. I remember when he did the British Championship, yeah. I think, tw- 
2012. Or, yeah. Did he do it in 11 as well? Yeah, he was like, yeah, that's. I remember nice Hawkstone watching. I was behind him for like one, like maybe one lap actually. <laughs> <laughs> he was writing some lines, and you just like, yeah, mate, like it's like stuff I, I'd never seen, you know. Yeah. Like, he was riding up the banks and just turning the bike on the jumps and just doing whatever he wants, you know. Like, but do you remember Canada Heights, like Tonus when he went out the front door? Yeah, with with Irwin. I was stood there. Oh, was watching that when it. it was the first round? Second round. Second round, and that a load Scrub of that finish line jump. Yeah, like, yeah, but he yeah, was yeah. scrubbing was that? that stuff down, the, which was a sketchy double that yeah, time. Yeah. And uh, I think Graham crashed. Didn't he run in the back of Graham? Oh no! No, Graham ran into him. He crashed, and then yeah. Graham hit him. But if I remember, he scrubbed that hard. He just yeah, yeah threw he it just away threw it on the ground and went yeah. Up. But I think those like those two boys were like they were special that year. Him and Osborne and Tonus. Yeah. Before Tonus got injured, they those boys were pushing a heavy level. Eh? <laughs> yeah. That was mind blowing. Those like those first couple of Britishers, there was like four or five seconds a lap they were putting on us. Yeah. Like it was, yeah, and all all through the race, like yeah, uh, they were good level. times, weren't they? Yeah, good yeah. times. When you look at what Zach's done now, yeah, to think I remember sitting at Milton Park. Watching like an eighty-five, like the eighty-five support race, and Zach Osborne just came and sat next to us mm. and was watching it. And now, like, yeah, yeah, what two-time Supercross two fifty champion? And Dougal's still half five, yeah, 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 he's such a cool guy, yeah, yeah. Oh, when he just turns up at um, Farley Castle, yeah, 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 we're there, and I was like, all right, was that last year? Uh, Two years ago, yeah, two years ago, just turned up at the truck like with his mechanic when um when he was over for the nations, yeah, it was, yeah, yeah, there's nations, yeah. So that that transitions over into my, the coolest thing I've seen this week. Then, and he's kind of not just this week, but kind of like in the last three or four months. But it's Dean Wilson. I think the dude is absolutely killing it at the moment. I saw like just an Instagram video put up from like National Supercross, and he's got, riding around a cowboy hat and <laughs> his cowboy boots. And like, it's just funny. It's just funny. And like this, like some of the viral videos he's been doing, like the grandpa thing. Yeah. Stroke of genius. We should have done that with you before. Oh, I wish I would have thought of that one. <laughs> no, I don't know. Uh, but I just I think, I think he, and now the results are coming in as well, I think it's, it's good to see. I think Dean's had like, because um, obviously I had him in the MX Donations, and um, he, yeah, su- superb, not nice guy. Like, he's a good guy. He's also at it, you know, he's been at a level where he's had factory deals, he's had, you know, probably the money coming in, everything's been sweet, and mm-hmm. then he's lost everything. And he's actually, he's one of them riders who's gone out, bought a van, his dad's mechanic for him. He's got his own bikes. He's gone out and bought the stuff, turned up to go race and spent a lot of money to do that. We all know how much it costs at the level they're at to, yeah. to do that. He's gone there, done a good job, been getting top 10s. I think at the time he was like between yeah. 6 and 10. And then he gets signed up to ride a factory ride, gets it back again, loses it again for some reason or maybe his, uh, you know, his knee problems. I think it was two knees or he did he had yeah. both of them repaired again. Then he's got himself up there again, and I mean, um, you have to take your hat off to him. You he's not quit. Yeah, you don't see many riders dig into their pocket over there, especially and go right. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go there, put myself back on the market and do it. Mm. In fact, I don't think I've ever seen anyone do that. Yeah. Like I do Dean love did, the way that he's done. Fair. Yeah, just the way that he's pumping social media and like at the start of the season when he's doing his merch and doing all the like uh, videos and stuff. And you think that's a new way to do it. I think yeah. a new way to kind of promote yourself and your sponsors because he had some good sponsors on at the yeah. start of the year as well didn't he I'd like to see what the team thought of when he jumped the swimming pool at that gym <laughs> yeah. that looked like a sketchy did you see that yeah. sketchy did jump did you not see do you know that his that sponsor they had oh, the, uh, the, 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 the oil yeah, yeah, people the, Dan Blazerian's house yeah. and then he jumped over the pool and you're like 
Um, but the landing was like it was quite yeah. a fair it wasn't like probably a big jump for Dean but when he yeah. landed you had from here to the door to stop yeah. in this green grass and you thought mm. if you just went a yeah. bit long yeah. it was like off the balcony yeah. do you know what I mean straight down to Hollywood yeah that's it <laughs> yeah yeah. Yeah. The bike. yeah well that's some cool things we've seen this week mm. we'll try and continue this every week bring up some cool stuff let's just jump into Supercross a little bit then you watch it on the weekend no, I can't watch it. You like, can't watch yeah, it. I'd I see. I, I, saw, saw, the, I saw the highlights. And I've stuff. watched the highlights. Yeah, um, I've watched quite a bit of it. They said it was a weird weekend with how the results and stuff felt like. But again, like with each win, it's just yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Like yeah. pulled but the start, yeah. and then yeah. just kind of can right, ride the race. Right. From yeah, there. yeah. And Roxton was good as well. But the the problem just is, like no you luck. see, yeah, they they kind of say that, but yeah, I agree. There's no luck, but he was. It's kind of strange. You've got Tomac, who, you know, kind of is having whatever's going on. Then he wins a race, like, at the weekend. Yeah. He was blindingly mm. fast, like, yeah. super fast. Uh, Roxton was, like, super fast. He was just unfortunate that um, Joe Savacci lost the front end, ran into him. And he got off, stuck on the other side of the burn. Off mm. the track. And um, it's interesting, like, how, you know, Roxton can be struggling. And then, at the minute, he's probably the quickest guy on the track. Mm. And to Tomac is... But I think that is just, you know, like when you're racing 17 weekends, there's no ways, there's like no matter how much training, whatever you do, there's no ways you're going to peak through 17 races. Mm. It, just, it just happens. That's just like, you know, like guys will feel good for three, four weeks and they'll start fading, then another guy's training program will kick in. And yeah. I think that's and it's actually quite cool because, it, you know, it keeps it interesting. There's like different yeah, winners all the time, you know. And I think because everyone's so close, like years before, there was two or three guys that were gone. It was going to be those first three, yeah. whatever position, first, second, and third. Now, because there's so many guys... You know, like like Roxon can have an eighth and yeah. then win a race. You know, yeah. like this, this you know, so, like guys like Beggard can get in the mix, like Savarchi can get in the mix, and it, um, it's you know, it's like seventeen rounds of that is a long time. To like, be I always just think about at it, that intensity. We, you know, we yeah. was talking about it, MXGP taking like five week break now, right? Oh, really? for five weeks, five weeks. Yeah, like that's what I thought. I was like, five weeks, really? Jeez. And he was like, well, they've been on the road for a couple of weeks. Maybe they need to. But when you think training, man, you could get an entry for the next one. Yeah. <laughs> no, dude. <laughs> but when you think, when you think about what those, one those AMA guys are doing, like you think back, they haven't stopped since nah. the first week of January. It is and absolutely it's intense as well. Insane. You know, like the Supercross, you know, like the riding is just, dude. You're like every single lap you do it, that has to be perfect. Exactly. And they're riding all week. They're riding weekends. It is um, testing motocross now as well. Yeah, it's like it's, it's, a, it's a hectic schedule, you know. Like it is, um, they get one weekend. But off, then also you say that, but then you take in the amount of riding that the GP riders do through a GP yeah. weekend, you know. Like that's also. Impressive. But I just mean like in terms of like the travel and yeah, the yeah, non-stop yeah. back and forth. It's yeah, it's, it's pretty intense. I think they only do get one weekend off, so there's 17 races and yeah. 18 weeks. And then I think there's also only like one or two weekends off before the outdoor start. Yeah, it's, and maybe what's changed it as well, uh, just a step with the with the Supercross is. Um, it's done by time now as well. Yeah. So if the track is like, say, 40 seconds long, it's longer than that. But yeah. their laps, they may be doing 20, I think somewhere 28 laps this year. Oh, mm. yeah. Yeah. So what you forget is when it's a 20 lap main, yeah. it's like probably done in, let's say, 15 minutes. Yeah. We're now a 20 minute 20 minutes main. is a lot more yeah. riding now. It's so, a lot so more. Like, so maybe like that's pulling apart. you're doing less laps than you would do if it's, you yes. less riding if it was 20 yes. lap main. But if it's sub minute lap, then you're, yeah, you, you're yeah. doing a lot more laps. Yeah. What happened in the 250 class? Because I saw the results and I saw a pro second rider in one. I was like, oh, that was um, Faulkner uh, again. And then I saw he hurt himself and it was Davalos had won. I saw a stat. Uh, no, it wasn't. It was David Villeman tweeted. He just saw 
uh, Davros won, I think he's like 32. Yeah. And uh, Villeman was like, I was retired at 32. Yeah. And then he looked back and to see when his last, when he won his first, or when he won his last 125 thing, yeah. uh, race, and he was like, I think he said he was like 18, 18 or 19. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he won his first one at 16, I think he said. Yeah. And he was just like, that's oh, crazy. Crazy, yeah. But well, to be fair, Davalos, he's been plugging away in that class I suppose years. he's another guy, like what you said, like struggling, 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 and then he wins a race, you know? Yeah. Well, well, look at look at Faulkner. Does anyone oh. see his bot patch from the weekend? <laughs> yeah. What it, uh, it was like uh, sexy's breakfast. Uh, or something. Champions. Champions. Champions yeah. breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> he, he's dating a monster. He's dating a monster. <laughs> <dating a monster, laughs> I actually don't blame him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. When uh, I saw that, I was I'll like, be, uh, eating oh. breakfast four times a day. <laughs> 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 Might be eating, yeah. yeah. But he, he's in up shit Jeez. creek at the moment, isn't he? But, like, what is the crack with him? Is he going to be back? Or, like, has he lost the championship you? lead? I haven't. No, I've he's still three three points in did, front. Really. Did you see the clip of it from the qualifying? Is it is the crash when he looped out on the whoops? Is that the one he hurt himself on? The one that I saw, it wasn't even a crash. It was he came through the rhythm lane, overjumped something, and then I think he overjumped the next one, and then kind of like pulled oh, okay. pulled off and like what's he doing? And he just kind of kind yeah. of got off the bike and think, just collapsed to the that, floor. I'm thinking that crash, he hurt his knee, and then um, he said it was you could feel something was gone in his yeah. knee. So and then when he did that rhythm section. Then he finished it off. Yeah. It was already bad after the crash oh, in the yeah. roofs, and then, the... and then finished off in the rhythm section, yeah, yeah. whatever he's done. So it's so quick, like that motocross. Is yeah, it is. Dude, you could like, be like, here, then yeah, and like it's a one second thing, dude. He just hit one bump a little bit squirrely, put the front up, and that's it. Finished. Like same as you, like, I haven't really been watching the East Coast because you think, oh, well, mm. it's the Faulkner show. Well, he's going to win it, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Now it's the most wide open open mm. championship of the I lot. I'd like that Justin Cooper guy. He rides. Yeah, he's cool. yeah, but he's he sick. he would have been winning. Which one's I think it's Sexton, isn't it? Chase Sexton Melbourne, and Justin yeah. Cooper and he, are the ones. That's what cost him winning. I think because the cool. wipeout. I, I like, think I like to see stuff like that. Eh? that yeah. that is how racing should be. Like, hey, yeah, I agree. Yeah, like I agree somebody bumps you, yeah. you, like for sure, dude. The next turn you you have a crack at him, you know. Yeah, and they're young as well, so that is yeah, just, that's yeah, how they roll. Like, like obviously they're, they're like those, both those boys that look back on it in a couple of years and think they you know they missed an opportunity there but at the time it is send it eh but that's like what you say Faulkner from what I see on online I think they race Rex did a thing yesterday talking to the team and they're just saying they're taking it day by day seeing, yeah, seeing what you like, do but if it's I feel a little bad, bit bad for Mitch Payton eh like he's had like some stressful years and then this year's this looking is, golden for him yeah and, and then Cinderella had that problem and now Faulkner's then like he pretty much had two championships kind of like, like sweet so, and yeah. now it's like wide open for both yeah, of them. Yeah, going into Vegas, <laughs> stressing again. Yeah. So what? what is the next round, is it? Oh, so it'll, it's all in Vegas now. It's all on... No, there's one more round in Denver. I'm not sure if it's East Coast or West Coast. Probably East Coast, I think. Yeah. And then it'll be to, to Vegas to... Because they've been quiet on what they've done as well. They haven't come out. There's only Barca who's now said he's sitting out the rest yeah, of the year now yeah. to the outdoors. I like no knows, uh, no news on Savachi, but what he's done as well. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah, he, yeah. in that rocks and crash, he didn't oh, get okay. back up, did he? I think he broke his. It looked like he was carrying, like holding his wrist when he went off. Yeah, and normally if you're doing that, because I think he didn't he injure his wrist last yeah, year. Yeah, got bad wrist, isn't he? Where's his wrist braces? I think. Yeah, that's a. I I quite rate Savachi for like the um, rookies coming in. Mm. He's done the best. Like, I thought Plessinger was, like, was going to be the boy this year. Yeah, and he's just. No, I think not... so. Like Savachi's always been fast, though. Eh? Like he's on a good program with Carmichael and stuff, and obviously he rides a lot. You can see, like you know, he's fast. Like he's he's most of the time he's quicker than Tomek yeah. in the qualifying and stuff. So, but again, putting twenty minutes together on a four fifty around a Supercross, you know. But it, it's all learning, you know. Like he's mm -hmm. had one year now. 
next year. Like, look at Bagger, eh? Like, it took him a couple of years, and now, the last two years, he's been, like, a solid dude. Yeah. yeah. I think it does, you know, like, you learn so much in your first year in the big bike doing Supercross. You know, it's very rare for a guy to go and be consistent through a season. Yeah, you've got to be a dungeon for that. Yeah. yeah you know, you were on about, you know, you're saying about... Um, Tomac being up and down, Roxton up and down, and then you've got like Cooper Webb who's kind of been like level this year. Yeah. Like not been the quickest, but he's been like there all the time. If you go back to like, say, I know it's a long time ago, Carmichael days, Dungey days, them guys, there isn't one of them guys there at the moment. Like um, yeah, but Cooper Webb's close, but like Dungey was pretty much not as level, but Carmichael yeah. was like level all season. But I think that's because there was like only like three or four standout riders at that time. Yeah. Like now, mm. like everyone, everything, like motorsports, you think, anything you do, everything's a lot closer. So, yeah, do you, you think know, like, like Michael could ride at eighty percent and probably still win? Like Where back, now you ride eighty percent, you're gonna finish sixth. Yeah. yeah. Do you, do know, you like, think like back there's then? So many people. Closer. Back then there was Carmichael and the Stewarts and the Reeds. They're like the the elite, and they was doing the kind of training programs that the top ten or the top fifteen. They're all doing the same training programs now. Whereas back in the day. Carmichael was, was on a Carmichael was he, he was on a program yeah, that yeah. no one else had even ever heard of or yeah. thought about. And now yeah. there's more guys on that sort yeah. of. Maybe uh, there's no no sweet secrets anymore. You mm. know, like when you think KTM have got nearly all their guys on that program from yeah. Carmichael. Yeah. So that's maybe why it's leveled out a bit. Where you've got, you know, you've got Tomac who does his own thing, and he has his whole career been up and down quite a lot, really. Mm. Like imagine if Tomac now wins the next three races. And loses a championship. Yeah, but it's a copy of the last two years. Yeah, exactly. Much, isn't it? He it must be like kicking pressure, himself. It seems like when the pressure's off him, he's the boy. He performs, eh? Like, mm. But jeez, like you wouldn't like go into the. I thought he was a no-brainer. Like, well, that, that's what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Tomek was the man, eh? Yeah. After Dungey retired, you'd think, yeah, Tomek. Well, to be fair, now. like I think Cooper Webb is struggling a bit at the minute, but he's he's pushing hard through his struggle. Yeah, I you know, think he's making he's... the best of his struggle because I think the last three or four weeks he hasn't been as quick as what he has been a couple of weeks yeah. before. Yeah. But he's still... He set the bar really high for himself early on, quite yeah, early yeah. on, didn't he? So he's just trying to keep the, the ball rolling to keep that bar yeah. above everyone else. But then he could have one bad race this weekend exactly, and it yeah, turns yeah, it up so, like big time, do yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Well, I'm going to Vegas, so I'm hoping like something big happens and it's going to be the uh, best time ever. Yeah. Uh, be well, fun. I mean, Tom, Tomac, like I know I keep saying it, but like he, he's got to be going to line now thinking, I've got to deal with him. Do you know what I mean? Mm. If it's coming down to the chat, like for sure his bonus for winning that championship is like something else. Yeah. Well, he's got to make up of 24 points, like. 24 points. Yeah. That's, That's hard, big, isn't it? Yeah. It's yeah, but big. he did get messy two years ago with Dungey, if you remember, at the mm. very last round. Yeah. I always I'm remember It'll be interesting. Yeah. I always remember the one in 2009, Reed versus Stewart, in the back section like Reed needed to do something drastic yeah, to, yeah. to like win the championship so he just like booted Stuart off the mm, track and Stuart that. kept it up you're like I'd do the same thing if yeah, I was in oh, man yeah. but I'm not sure they'll I think I them think days have changed it yeah, I, think, like, I think so too like that's what I mean if the only person that I could see would actually do something like that would be Jason Anderson Anderson oh, would yeah, and, uh, yeah. he's the only person that off the top of your head that would actually like well and Zach Osborne as well apparently you think two years ago in Vegas? Yeah, yeah, that was... You weren't expecting him to do that. the best things you've ever seen. Yeah, yeah. that was mega. Yeah, that I like that. Best. We spoke to him about it that day. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I did an interview with him, and that's all we talked about. Yeah. It was just that. It was Dude. the best thing ever. You felt sorry for Savachi, you know, because he, <laughs> he was kind of celebrating. I'm sure he was. Yeah. And then, boom, in the corner, you were, and you were like, you know, kind of... 
I would like to think well, if, yeah, if no. that was any three of us or anybody you know table if on the last lap you'd even be you'd know he was yeah, coming and know, you'd be like did. hold on when somebody's coming that hard and you even if you're like you, a little bit <laughs> <tight>. <laughs> you're like, oh, shit. I wonder if they speak they probably don't know. <laughs> I doubt it eh? <laughs> for sure I wouldn't be speaking <laughs> 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 blank blocked forever yeah, yeah. no there's uh <laughs> that was a good race <laughs> right we'll take a break there then if anyone needs a pee go, go for it now and then we'll jump into the main subject after right to, so to help support the show then we've created some merch here we've got some two stroke related merch that has obviously been inspired by Nev Bradshaw right here he was our two stroke hero for the For Love two stroke series two years ago now that was mm, that, that, 17 17 that doesn't seem like one race of 18 <laughs> yeah one race of yeah I always forget about that one. But yeah, we've created some merch. I'm wearing some now. We've got mugs. We've got phone cases. We've got the lot. You can check it. Links down below. But if you want to help support the show, check it out. We've got lots of stuff coming out. And uh, yeah, check it out. Right, we're back then. I'm going to jump into the main debate for this week's episode. Now, the the topic for this week is what is the greatest motocross bike of all time? Now, that doesn't necessarily mean factory exotica what's the best factory bike ever or the fastest bike ever we can talk about them if you know if you want to talk about one but we're talking about what is the most important bike or the most influential bike or straight up the best bike you've ever ridden so kick things off for us then Neil what is your pick you've been saying that we wouldn't be able to guess it and that Joel would never have heard of it yeah it's got to be like you boys have never heard it YZM 500 why is that M500? Yamaha made it for um, when Hacking Carlquist won the World Championship. They. Uh, well, what year would that have been then? Yeah, that's for, a good question. Maybe 80, 83, 84. Like he was world champion. So mm-hmm. he was always like saying, I need it, water core bike, water core bike. So um, Yamaha sacked him. Um, I think that's what happened. Mm-hmm. Don't quote me on that. But whichever way they had, uh, I think Jackie Vimond, Leaf. Leaf Pearson, Leaf Pearson, maybe. Jackie Vimon, Leaf Pearson. Jackie Vimon, I think, was 250 world champion. And they built a YZM, um, and it was water-cooled, aluminium frame. Like, if you Google it, it's one of the trickiest bikes you'll ever see. But there's hardly any of them about anymore. Like, probably maybe one or two. Mm-hmm. There was one at Farley three, four years ago. Neil Hudson rode it, and it's a work of art. But in that time... That was like a beautiful bike. Did you ever ride one? No, no, no. It was like um, it was something like if like, you if you could ride one, you know, it, it was amazing looking. Like bike. one of those like poster bikes you'd have on your bedroom wall, like oh, that's the one. Yeah, but you don't really see it. Like I've mentioned it, and Nev's looking at me like, what the hell is he on about? I've heard of it. Was it? I've never. I, I, I wouldn't know which bike you're talking about. But though. Yamaha just built like you know back in them days, you had you know CR500, you know four P factory bike. You had uh, you know, and they had all like really exotic bikes. But that yeah. YZM was something like beautiful to look at. And I mean, if we took it now to say your local race, you'd get out of the van and you'd be like the hell like yeah, what's that looks still looks good now mm. um so it's it was a bike and i think they ran it for two years then yamaha just scrapped it i think it was just too much money to put into production um because it was air cooled back in them days so they never even made it to production so you know something you know you should google why is it m500 it was a beautiful looking bike and that's one bike you know uh which was just something yeah it's one of the best best old bikes I've, I've yeah, seen something like ever. you would put in a museum if you had one 
first yeah. first piece in the in the Neil Museum of Motocross. Yeah, that that would be a bike. If you could find one and get a hold of one, you'd take a loan out in your house for it. It's that type of bike, and you you won't find them. Yeah. Then then not about. Well, if someone might be watching, saying, "I've got one." Yeah, Drop if us they a have. Uh, we'll there do was a video a, on it. Well, there's a guy in Belgium had one, and um, it was in his front room actually. And I think he's passed away now, but like he had it there, and um, I won't say any names, but it was just beautiful. Like it's beautiful to look at, you know. And I think back in them days, them them type of bikes, you know, if you had one, it's how you got it, where did it come from, that type of thing, and um, that them bikes, yeah, they they beautiful bike. If you ever did get your hands on one, it'd be one of those ones you wouldn't you wouldn't be able to ride it, right? Uh, no, you wouldn't be able to, but like too like priceless to ride it's something you kind of don't even look look for to look for because they're just not about yeah it's like you know if you wanted say a, a day fork or a kurt nickel kx 500 or something like that there's lots of those actually but the 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 honda cr hrc bikes you just don't find them and a yzm you know that that day it come to farley castle neil hudson rode it i'm sure it's a belgium or french van it come in it was obviously an old gp mechanic or someone who had one mm. neil rode it both them days you know and um it's just a lovely bike did, lovely, did, lovely did bike. neil have a connection to it previously I, to that then i'm not sure if neil rode it like obviously he was 82 world champion mm -hmm. neil, neil i think and um i'm not sure i did, i don't really know neil you know so i i couldn't even got but he was there that 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 weekend and he was riding it and um yeah, it was obviously a collector got it, or you know maybe the guy was a factory mechanic back in the day. But that's some bike you need to put an image of getting. It's beautiful looking bike, really beautiful. And what about you, Nev? What if I, I know you looked at me and thought, oh Jesus, I can't think of one. But mm. have you been able to think of one yet? Yeah, I've ridden like you've ridden a lot of bikes since I've known you. I've ridden a lot of bikes. You ridden a lot of bikes last year, mate. I have got my favourites, um, but one that really sticks out for me. And a lot of people, I think, would agree, would be the 2008 Honda CRA 450. I think that bike, like at that time, was like a long way ahead of mm -hmm. any of the other manufacturers. Um, you know, it's just you know the engine was good, they well made. And actually, I went, I bought one. I bought like almost like a brand new one about two two years ago, and I did a race at Toddington, and whole shot all three motors on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah like that, that. Like they were super fast and. Yeah, you know, I think Honda went backwards a couple of years after that, but I think, you know, like, Deruva rates them, you know, anyone that was racing around that time that had, like, a... Did you race one back then? Yeah. Well, no, I didn't. I was in the MX2 class, but yeah. at the Designations and at KWS races, I used to ride a Honda 450, and also practiced on it, uh, practiced on it, so that when I went back to the 250F, I could throw that around a bit and do it like, it's like a tractor, it just keeps going and going yeah, and going. Yeah. You literally just put fuel and change a filter, and you can literally ride a year on that bike, you know. Um... Yeah, I would say, and I think it was the kind of bike like out the crate with like a pop and not a lot of work. You could actually be at the front of like the world ch championship races. You know, there wasn't a lot that you had to do to those bikes to get them going good. They were mm. solid, solid. I'm bikes. trying to think who would have been riding one of those. Were you still doing cast then? Yeah, it would have been uh, Mike Brown. Um, an 08 was uh, Billy Mack. Like Billy, Mac, Billy Mack, I would say if he was sat here, would probably say that's maybe one of the best bikes he's ridden maybe he probably wouldn't but like um that year we had billy mack he was mm -hmm. pretty special on that bike and neville's right like i uh, think in we got the first fuel injection honda the year later and uh i, I if i'm if i'm right in saying it i think in 08 the guy who did all built the bike you know designed it in japan i think it went to another person for 09 so it was a bit like um 
like new, the, new ideas. The continuity was gone. Yeah. yeah, and I think in 09 when Honda came out with the fuel injection, it's a completely different bike. Yeah. And when we dined it at the Cast Workshop... Was it 09 when it had the first time it had the double... the Back no, pipes. Was that no we'd had the fuel injection so we went from carburetor to fuel injection and um, when we dyned it there was quite a big decrease in power but obviously the delivery is much different with the fuel injection so I, I don't think you can class them and Neville's right like that 08, 07, 06 Honda like they, they were rocket ships yeah those bikes that's yeah. why like a lot of people like when you talk to people about riding oh, you, like you're riding a Honda 500 and it's like mate when you've ridden like an 08 CRA 450, like a 500 is tame, I think, in my you opinion, oh, 100%, 100%. Like, I can ride a 500 Honda a lot easier than I can ride a 450 that goes 450s. Just the way that the power comes in, like those things were like, you literally Animals, like yeah. pulling yourself back on that bike. I remember I was riding for Pa in 07, Pa Honda, and literally just every motor just doing a clutch. And it wasn't because I was clutching it, I was literally clutching it to keep the front end down. <laughs> It was like, dude, I've never ridden anything like that in my life. Like, it was you, you had to ride it completely different. You know, like, a, you had to carry, like, a lot of momentum and then roll the gas on, and I never really got on with it, to be fair. Like, I never enjoyed riding the big bikes, but um, I remember at the Destinations that year, I, I loved it. It was, like, like third gear everywhere. What, what track would that have been? That was Donington. Donington. Yeah. I watched that race. And Mallory. And Mallory also. So, seven. Mallory was GP, and then... Nations, yeah, right? no. Uh, and then at, no, and then and this is another cool thing, man. So in two thousand and eight, no, two thousand and nine, I did the Destinations, and I didn't want to ride the new one because I didn't. In America, you, no. Two thousand nine. In Italy. In Italy, oh yeah, sorry. Yeah. So yeah. I was like, no, I ain't riding this new Honda because the chassis was the same as the two fifty F. So I said, I'll just ride my bike that I've had from the year before. Well, well, you, I think who, I think DB actually got me a new one, yeah. a new one. So we had this bike that was a year old. And um, me and Tedesco started next to each other. In and the, he's on... And he's on a factory on dude. Like, <laughs> it wasn't even a contest. Like, yeah. smoked him to the first 10. Like, <laughs> that's, old, that's it was so sick. And it was just like, they were just... I just remember them being... You know, like, if you could go up to third gear and just hold on, like, you were going to get to the next corner quite yeah. quick. And I was talking about... I was looking through... I can't remember why I was looking, but, like, old motocross the nation's results. And then you start seeing your name next to, like, some of the riders you've raced against. Like, you're saying, like, Tedesco... Yeah, well, that they, race, like, at that race... This is no bullshit. At that race, like, there was a line. And I think, like, Tommy was at the front of the line. And the next, like, it was probably, like, 14, 15, like, all the way to 20. There was a line of us that finished, like, some good names and stuff. Mm -hmm. The next person was Hurlings in front of me. And it was his first time at the Des Nations. Like, you look That's at the cool. names, isn't it? Yeah. Like, But you've got to realize that, like, everyone has their first time. Yeah. yeah. Do you yeah. know what I mean? And I you, remember. It's hard to, like, for a kid, like, even, like, say, Tommy, when he's first time in England, like... It's hard for a kid to go there at 16 and perform their first time mm -hmm. at that at that race. I remember, I always remember one one of the first times I like probably sat down and did an interview with you. And you was talking about the time when you raced the EMX and you was on the podium with Hurlins and Roxon. Oh yeah. And you was like, "That's a picture I'm going to show my kids." Yeah, they were 13 or 14. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but still. But it's funny yeah, that like, that is one thing like in my career that I can say right. Like I will show Tate that like. Maybe Braxton, because Tate's not into bikes. But I can show Braxton and, like, Hurlins and Roxon will still be relevant. Yeah, they'll still be, years. like, yeah. come you know, on, like, that's the me. only thing I'd be able to show those two kids that they'll be, Put like, in perspective, oh. like, what you did. Yeah, that, that, that one day. That's a yeah. bit like me saying to you boys, <laughs> why is it M500? Yeah. You boys are going, what? Yeah. Never even heard of that. I know oh, it was white, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, yeah. yeah, yeah it, it was, was white, white and red. It was white. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm just trying to, I, I know the bike, but I can't picture it in my head. 
But the destinations, uh, one bit I want to just say there is um, we went to, um, we did Zolder, MX Destinations. Mm. Carmichael was there on a CR250. This, oh. That's one of the bike on my list. For me, like growing up, the CR250 0203 is like one of the most iconic bikes yeah. to me. Like with the Woody Wood Pedal graphics. I don't know, dude, like if you had Mark Eastwood in here, he would have a very different, like Mark's a real cool, like a very knowledgeable guy. And like, yeah. he obviously knows his engines and stuff. He's like quite meticulous with what he does, suspension and engines. And like obviously, dude, like he's he's the Honda man. Mm -hmm. And like I had that conversation obviously because I was riding the different bikes and yeah, like he did like the O2 because he like he he also said like the O2 Honda CR250 like they pretty much I think they they just put like a base gasket on it and they would do like he reckons just running top five and GPs on that. So like it was a good bike, but I think he says like later on like the five, the six, and the seven yeah was a better bike than that um, the, the, the O2. I say the O2 because that's one. That I remember winning 24, 24 and stuff. But like you say, the yeah. the late ones. My my brother had an O seven, I think, yeah. and he rode that a couple of years ago and was winning but races. To, like to be it. fair, you say the O two, like you know, like when I did that two stroke championship, I remember saying to Brad about it, and he says, "What bike are you gonna ride?" And I was like, "A Honda," and he's like, "Dude, whatever." Because yours no. was no two, wasn't it? When we did the series, right? yeah, the O two. Yeah. I had an O3 practice bike that I had for like a couple of months. and then You I, didn't like that as much, did you? The no, O3? no, no. Did it, you, you, it was a different bike. You couldn't even compare the two bikes. Have you ever ridden a 150 KTM? No. Do you need to? Mate. I rode, every... I rode Joel's today. Yeah. Honestly, dude. You I, I, cannot, I cannot believe it. I mean, we used to go I'll big four back in the day. Either. I'm yeah. joking. But, um, <laughs> joking, <laughs> not joking. <laughs> that 150 back today. In the day. What did you say? Back, <laughs> back last year. Yeah. Well, I rode it today around the track. And um, honestly, I did a start. Like, and I went to third gear, yeah. and I was like, I could not believe. You know, like, you, you used to ride, like, an 89-125, or you rode your yeah, yeah. 96 or whatever. Like, normally be first gear on the start. Yeah. This is, the second gear is, like, a first gear on one of those, okay, but, right, right. But, but more. Yeah. And today, I went into third gear, and my hand, it literally came out my hand, it took really, off yeah. that much. But even the 125 of his I rode, that Tuscarora one, dude, yeah, mental. Yeah, mental. I mean, like, these are but that's, good. The 150's like that, but... On steroids, yeah. right? Every time we do a KTM test, it's my number one bike. I remember, like, it's when, one of the um, best when me and Brad went to the first, the very first year I was over, Scott got us uh, two hundred to practice on in France. Yeah, the uh, KTM had a two, was it two? Yeah, two hundred SX two hundred or SXS two hundred. Yeah, and I didn't, I didn't like it, dude, because it was like a little bit quicker than the one two five, but it had yeah. a vibration of a two fifty. Yeah, so yeah, I didn't dig it, but. It, I have heard that the 150 is a good one. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I mean, I, I was gobsmacked today. Like, yeah, I, I was completely like, quick it is. I think sometimes when you do the conversion from a 125 to a 150, it doesn't always work out like you no. think it was, yeah, but yeah. if it's a purpose-built 150, I think... Yeah. Well, I think it's only 143, I think it is. It's not actually 150. Yeah, it just yeah. sounds better, doesn't it? But so. you ride the 125, which I have a bit recently up the test track and stuff, and you open that, and like you've, it's like super sharp, like yeah, you know, yeah. impressive. But today riding that... I was like, God, yeah, like, cool, eh? it's actually quite an impressive little yeah. bike to no, be fair I think to it's it, a great really. Bike. Well, so I throw a spanner in the works in. So we've said, like, bikes that you, you love riding, an iconic bike for you, but for me, probably the most important bike to ever be produced is the PW50, right? Yeah. How <laughs> many millions of riders or hundreds of thousands of riders got started on one of those? My yeah, hello, dude. You won't see one for days, yeah. Not yeah. around. Oh, we, you uh, looking, we got Chad on looking, a PW50. If yeah, you look yeah. in the States, though, man, like, well, do you know last there. week, Steve Hyten, a buddy of mine from America, yeah. his kids are all on 
PWs. If you look over there, whole series really? of PW, yeah. like massive classes of PW fifties. Awesome fifty classes, yeah. PW fifties, and like, you just you know, remember that sound and the line cleared about. <laughs> yeah. I remember like being on like PW fifties and racing like uh, KX sixties back yeah, in the day, yeah. and you were like, yeah, that's how you do it. That's I how you all in South Africa for fifties, dude. It's like full on BMX tracks with triples, doubles, step ups, step downs. Yeah. Like yeah, it's like you know, like when you go to most practice tracks, there's a couple of bumps around the track. Like there was like full on BMX jumping and kind of style. And you just you know you always hear the suspension bottom. I always remember when I was a kid, I had Mini Warriors DVDs, and there was one of um. Bubba Stewart on a PW50 yeah, going, going like that, and yeah. he was like, "Yeah, that kid." Oh, yeah. jumping! There's a yeah. video where he yeah, jumps, yeah. and he like, "Poof!" And he head bust handlebars. Yeah. But I think what that bike's got a lot to answer for, mm. right? How many people, is, how many riders has that bike <coughs> got addicted to motocross? I think that's got an. There's big argument for I the had, most I've influential never had, bike. I've never had one. You never had I've one. Never had. I went from a, J, a JR50, a JR50. I used that for a while, and then. Um, in South Africa, one of my dad's friends actually imported an Arsenal J50. Yeah. So I was, I, I, like, that, yeah. I honestly went from like finishing seventh and stuff. Like I just started racing half seven, 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 whatever. Yeah. And then this bike arrived in the summertime, which is the winter time here, and I went out and won all three races of this South Africa, the ADC, the fifty CC championship. The next weekend, the top ten riders were on these Arsenal Jets. Yeah, the Arsenal Jet Buster, and that was pretty much the end of the PB50. <laughs> Honest to God, like. That was it finished, you know, and then that was when the like the limbs started coming in, oh, yeah. the cobras. Yeah. We had a when I, deal kind of when that, I was racing as a kid we had Pelinis were Pelini, the thing. That's it, they yeah. they were the one you wanted one of those or Malagutis we had they were they yeah. were oh, boys, you're making me feel they, they were now. not good bikes, they were. So what did they, so they would have been eighty nine. So I reckon like nineteen ninety, ninety one, ninety two, that was the end. Of the Pee Wee. Like like, it was Technomotos back in my day. Technomoto. <laughs> my dad had to that go sounds every, like something you build yourself. Well, it was a regular <laughs> little bike, but my dad had to go every week and buy like uh, I think it was fourth gear. I never used fourth, yeah, yeah. but whichever in the gear ratio we had to go to this local dealer and get a get a gear it was every two weeks or whatever, he'd put a gear gearbox in. Yeah. But before that it was like um, like a chicken chaser type of bike mm. you know yeah. like back in yeah I'm talking like uh, 77 like that some of that a long time well I'm yeah. not saying I, I, I remember when I was on the Artiljet like I was a heavy kid and obviously this guy sponsored me because he's my dad's friend and because um, I was so heavy on the bike we used to like blow the shocks but we also I used to make them run so hot so the impeller used to melt <laughs> and I was in tears every like every, like every Monday we went in there like he'd give the guy give me stress about my weight and I was in tears but I remember my mum going there once, like, coming home crying him up yeah, you, I met your mum yeah until I was like 13 I was probably like I was probably like 70 kilograms and I was, big. I was super heavy yeah and then, and then the soon, yeah no no they, they, I started training like oh. I got a trainer and started training straight away and then I, I lost it quite quick and then it definitely did hamper my like 80 cc days and stuff like I was big man mm. you look back on it now and you think yeah there wasn't it wasn't healthy <laughs> <laughs> but when you look now like like you say peewees aren't you can't race them to a, any kind of good standard but like just to get started in this sport I think they're a great bike mm, yeah it is an iconic bike yeah yeah I don't know I've got different opinions in that I think it's changed now. The bikes yeah, are so much better. So like I think, looking, I think now, like me personally, like you'd start on an Osset or something. Yeah. And you yeah. get a feel for that. And then like Tate, I went and bought Tate a bike and I was thinking, what bike should I get him? And I got him a little um, Honda 50, Honda four stroke, just because when he comes on the gas, it's like right there where the peewee, kind of have to wind he's it up. He's probably too big for a peewee, right? 
No, no, no. You're not perfect. Him? Yeah, five years old. Ah, oh, true. But then if yeah, no, he'd be perfect size on a, on a peewee. Well, yesterday I got Chad. We were what the Chad start on? Uh, offset. But when I started, it was all gears and gears and clutch. Yeah. So kind well, of fifty. Yeah. 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 Oh, really? yeah. When Technomoto was like, and when I had the, it was kind of a my dad converted a road bike. Yeah. And uh, my brother was the rider before me, and he had a tantrum like at the track when he crashed. And my dad yeah. was like, yeah, you can have a go. Okay. And it was all gears and clutches. And then yesterday I was at the workshop and uh, Scotty there, who's the um, truck driver, he's got like a little money monkey bike type of thing with a clutch. Mm. So I got Chad to do that the first time. And yesterday was the first time Chad started it, kicking it, which was, I thought, yeah. well, I'm in trouble now. Yeah, do you know what yeah. I mean? But um, he managed to get it, get the clutch going, which I was quite impressed. So yeah. it kind of makes me feel like, you know, Kids learning, like like Neville teaches kids and stuff, is, um, you know, like, if it wasn't for autos and stuff, I think an auto rider sometimes can go to a gear bike, probably never get the hang of it. Yeah. yeah. I, so I see that bike. this year at the BYN. So there's, like, kids that I saw in the autos last year, they were rippers. Like, yeah, good, they're, like a ride, they yeah. could twist it and they weren't scared. This year, like, first round... In the sixties class, they're like, oh Jesus! Like, yeah, but this then is... it makes you question why Ben Townley put his kids straight on sixty fives. Eh, mm. skip that whole thing. Yeah, see, yeah, I, I'm kind of, saying, I kind of think, I kind of think a little bit like that, like like you do. I think God, like you know, like um, I did the race at, um, or Chad did the race at Silverstone a few weeks ago, and um, you know, I kind of have a mixed thing about the dads running on the track with the yeah. high vises and stuff. And then um, I just stand there watching and kind of think when I when I went riding like with your parents yeah. as well and probably your dad's the same. Off you go, leave you go. You know if you can't yeah. pick the bike up, you know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Don't, yeah, you know it's your your choice. But the one thing I, I will take from that day is Sam said to me, go on the track and cheer him on. It took something like six seconds a lap out of him yeah. because I was cheering. I mean yeah, I come yeah. back nearly with a heart attack running around yeah. the track so much. But that was one thing. He saw me and he literally twist it. I'm like, oh, that's right. what the kids are like. Kids res- really respond to encouragement. I think. Yeah. A lot of my guys, like, if they're doing something wrong, they'll say, right, mate, you're doing this really good, but let's work on this. You know, like, a kid, if a kid believes in himself, he'll do anything. Mm-hmm. But it's just about trying to find that belief and, and, you know, nurturing them on and just giving them that confidence. You know, there's different ways to, like, but kids do really respond to, like, yeah, but otherwise, well, the way I did it with my mum, my mum, if I had a bad day's race in the schoolboy days, on all the way home, the bike was going to be sold oh, yeah, on Monday yeah, morning. Yeah, so yeah. that was enough for me to keep yeah. going the gas when I went to races. Yeah. So after two weekends, I learned, just keep yeah. going as quick as I can at the yeah. schoolboy races. I was always, <laughs> the pressure was on my brother because he was always like the better one. Yeah. So like, he needed to win. I just needed to just like have fun and then I'd do all right. Yeah, yeah. And I'd be like, yeah, that's all right. Ah, dude, after my, like, I don't even know why I'm still riding after my schoolboy time. <laughs> there was a lot of oh, tough times. Yeah, they must have really digged right in motorbikes to just see all that yeah. shit through. Yeah. Eh? Well, but I think it makes you, man. It is, yeah, as we said before, like, it is. They were the good old days. Yeah, like, yeah. them days were like, you think back, you know, you're about tracks and stuff. Tracks, you know, you haven't been to. You know, there was tracks like we had a Bel Air farm in Frodham. Fantastic track. That doesn't sound like a real place. Does but it, a mega track, if you go on Google Maps, I have done it a few nights, I don't really know how to get on there now, but when <laughs> I've been on there, you can see the track, there was another track called Chiddleton, yeah. and it was one of the best tracks in the best tracks in the country, you could go there now, it's in a valley, you should Google it, like amazing track, yeah. Haverton Hall, yeah. Nantwich, track's still they there, yeah, like Harry Potter, don't they? but that track there is just 
awesome. Yeah. I had GPs there back in the 90s. You know, yeah, Ellsworth, Ellsworth Motor Park. Ellsworth. Yeah, I grew yeah. up riding Ellsworth. Like, Ellsworth was sick. Wasn't and that's it? where I met you, I think, first, was down at Ellsworth. Like, I loved that. Yeah, I really enjoyed my Wednesdays there. Like, also, just with the ND. Like, yeah, guy, it was just cool. It's just a cool vibe down there. He was the start technician, he was. He got coops out the gate. Like Andy had for sure had some secrets on the start. Mm. Told him to I remember on the Wednesday, wasn't he? A lot of good starts. Last last session on a Wednesday, it was starts the whole time. But he like he was really like such a calm person, you know. Like mm. I think it goes a long way. Somebody that is calm with you, you know. Like if you like if you trust somebody and they're calm with you and like every like you know like I struggle with people that are like you yeah, know, like yeah. either like it's awesome or it's like really shit. Yeah. Like Andy's <laughs> the kind of guy who's just like calm and they speak sense yeah. and. You take it in a lot better from a guy that's just, you think, okay, like, he's just mellow, talking sense, like, he's, like, really, like, knowledgeable guy as well, you know, like... Yeah, he's been around like, a long time this, in or, the sport. Yeah. I still see Andy Lee, or up to a couple of years ago, he used to come and watch the um, British Championship at Ling. Did he? Yeah, yeah he did, yeah, he used to come ago, and watch We see him this weekend, then we need to yeah. tie him to get, get the track wheel yeah, open. Yeah, mate. <laughs> that's the one, it's the one thing, like, when we watch videos like what we used to do up there, and I watch him back on YouTube now. It makes me sad. Mm. It actually makes me sad. It's like a lot of people. It's man. like looking at a, a picture of, of your ex-girlfriend that was mm. really hot, and you're like, oh, shit. Like I miss that. Like, yeah. watching the <laughs> you need to move on, Max. Yeah. You need to move on, dude. <laughs> I, mean, I, I, I don't know if I've got many. Things, okay, dude. We've yeah. been definitely on the exes there. <laughs> I'm like, yes, I'm like, shit. <laughs> no, no, why well, you looking at your phone yeah. all the time, Max? Yeah, I know, but I know what you mean like he's like Ellsworth's got that page still, man. And I think Ellsworth was like the is like the kind of like the America of England, you know. Like when you go to America, you feel like you're riding awesome. The tracks mm-hmm. are cool, they're smooth. You jump in last jumps, they're well prepped. The vibe's good. And I think Ellsworth was the little America of England. You know, everyone yeah. went there when you wanted to enjoy your riding, yeah, have yeah. some big jumps, you know, and ride like a good prep track, you know. And it was yeah. always that. Like he would never open if it was bad. Mm-hmm. He'd rather stay closed. It, I- I genuinely think it spoiled me, like, growing up, because mm. I lived five minutes from there, we used to go there all the time. Mm. Like, you go to traction now, and you're like, oh, it's not quite like Ellsworth used to be. Yeah. So I think I was spoiled growing I up. I almost killed myself the first time there. I went there, you know, they had two singles and then the tabletop? Yeah. yeah. So I didn't know the track. Went over the first lap, single, single, and then I was like, dude, I reckon I could send that. Came over, and then I got mixed up. I thought there's one and then a tabletop. Hit the first one and just completely... Andy was like, "What are you doing, man?" I, was like, <laughs> I thought it was onto the tabletop, not onto the next single. Yeah. He's like, "Yeah." But uh, no, yeah. Well, but, it, but but the thing is, like, again, you don't know how good of a thing that is until it's gone. Until it's gone. Exactly. Yeah, it's right. like anything in life. You don't realize how good it is until you don't have it anymore. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So going back to bikes, and like, not necessarily the best bikes ever, but like the most influential bikes. So now we're these days at MXGP, you haven't seen a two-stroke anywhere. What's, I saw plenty of the weekend. Well, in not in the MXGP class, you okay. didn't though. No. But like, the bike that started that chain of events that turned professional motocross from two strokes to four strokes, what bike was that, do you think? Was it the, the Yamaha 400, 400, 426? What's his name? Doug Henry's bike. No, no, I've got, got it. I've that. Probably Smetz's... Uzeberg, was it Uzeberg? Uh, nobody wanted to ride that, dude. <laughs> I know. Is that the, is that <laughs> I the know, one you went to Southwick one year on a? Uh, it could have been an old thing it's in like, like a seven ninety two cc Uzeberg or something. I no, think I no did Hawkstone GP, which I think you know they show clips of it, and I was doing okay. But what they don't show what we is, done there five hundred two stroke, five hundred Honda two stroke, and um, 
what they don't show in that video is I'm sure I overtook Smith like at least four times. She's the one at Hawkstone. No, at Hawkstone. He brings himself every week. He talked about this but, last uh, week. But the bit never. Nev, it's time to shine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nev, Nev's not really going yet for sure. What I do, what I'm, the bit I'm not saying is Smithy his bike stopped four times or something in that race. Yeah. And what happened? It was a cut out and stop. Then I'd go by him, he's kicking it. it. Talked about it after the race, yeah. didn't they? Then he'd come back by me and I'd be like, well, they'd stop again, go by him. Oh, I'm doing good here. So in that race, I'm sure it stopped at least three times. Yeah, yeah. He, he still beat me because I ran out of fuel in that race. But, um, you know, yeah, they, they when then when the Yamahas come in, it was going to be a it was going to be a new four stroke thing coming in. Honda come with their their bike yeah, that I was, was I was talking to my dad. And he said no, very good actually. He said the bike that he thinks changed it was he went to the dirt bike show in two thousand one, I think, and that was like back when the dirt bike show you that was the first time you've seen the bikes, and he was just getting back into the sport after like having kids and stuff, and he was asking around, and he had bumped into Tony Marshall, who yep. was a dirt bike rider, test rider at the time. I said, oh, what's the bike of the show? And he said it was the Yamaha 250F. Yeah. The yeah, first time they brought it out. Yeah. But he, they reckon that's what... You know, you talk about that now. Like, so you said there's no there's no two strokes in the MX1 class. Like, that, that, dude, there's absolutely no chance you're going to do anything on that. No. In that class. No. Yeah. yeah, that's what I'm saying. But you go back to 2002 and you go, like, it's like a good CR250 and that 2002 Honda 450, for sure, it's almost the same. Yeah. So you think how far the four stroke has come in what's it, eighteen years? Yeah. Yeah. It's gnarly, dude. Like it's just there's no and and then you think like a one two five against the two fifty F used to be like almost like a fair race. Yeah. Like those first Yamaha's are like really heavy, they didn't start, like the engine braking was gnarly. So like a one two five wouldn't be that far off. Yeah. Can you imagine now going like one two five like you know, like two riders one two five, like now you go two fifty two stroke against two fifty F. Yeah. You know, like it's evolved, like well, unbelievable. The, I mean, like the last time you saw anything like that, remember when Ken Roxon won the world championship? And he went he back tried to ride a, yeah. a, I think it's probably a 150, I can't remember, 150 or 125. No, he wouldn't have been able to ride a 150, would he? No, he, he rode a 125. In, in Italy, wasn't off. it? Didn't he hurt himself? But he he helped, hurt himself. But he was third quickest though, wasn't he? Yeah, he crashed in one of the races, but... But he was, he was... But that year he was like... Head and shoulders better, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but still, if he finished third, he'd been a hero that day. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like he would have been a hero. Yeah. For sure. And yeah, I remember yeah. that because I'm sure he pulled out or, or, or something but it's, happened. But they're saying that one, one, like one thing I can remember, like the 125, 250 thing was 2005 or six. Uh, it was uh, Christoph Purcell's first GP. It was at St. John and he went to the last chance and Tyler ended up in the last chance and Purcell was on a KX125 and he went three seconds quicker than anyone in the last chance practice. Yeah, he on was a KX125. special guy. That must yeah. have been earlier than that. Tyler was on a factory KTM. No, 2000 and... Because Purcell won his championship in 2006. 2004. Ricky Carmichael would still beat Geyser and uh, Caroli now on his um, O2. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, no right, problem. Yeah. No problem. As long oh. as the bars are swept back. <laughs> yeah, that's that it. That's it, it. Yeah. Remember then. Yeah. The question I've got for you, Neil, because obviously I wasn't around for this. So those are the bikes that kind of turned the sport from two-stroke to four-stroke. Yep. Why did the sport, or what bike made the sport, the focus of the sport, go from 500s to 250s? Two, 250 two-strokes? Yeah. Uh, obviously in the 80s, the 500 World Championship was the premier was World the prime class. Um, I don't think it really ever changed. I think what happened is the the... the the whole sport changed a little yeah. bit where 
you know you've you've got you, you've got your when they used to have one two five two fifty and like it was the open back in the day if mm-hmm. I remember and um, I think they just the one two five went into one class which was like the two fifty class so the one two fives kind of get pushed out to European because back in them days well there wasn't so many right there was probably more riders but when you know it changed Ustream come along all that changed it it put different people had different ideas on what they wanted to do so obviously the open class kind of come the mx mx1 class then you had the mx2 where they had all the 250fs coming in uh, probably what happened was is the four strokes come in yeah and the manufacturers go in the four stroke route so then they put the development into that so then the two strokes kind of got on the back burner and then ktm obviously come in with their their two strokes you know they've kept going all the time and then the four strokes have kind of They've kind of just changed it. That that's how that's how I would say. So they've kind of you know back in the day it was probably hard to get three groups one two five two strokes because it would have been now it'd be like a KTM and Yamaha Cup or Husqvarna yeah. as well. Then you'd have your, your 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 four strokes and then your your MX one bike. So I think just the sport changed. But like what was the like what was the reason for that whole five hundred two stroke era for stopping? Because yeah. obviously. No one makes a 500 anymore. Yeah, Why? it was like a real popular class and then all of a sudden there was kind of like no one raced 500 two strokes the, anymore. I think the manufacturers probably just stopped with it. They, and, you know, back in them days, the 500 class, I would say when I was doing 125 GPs back in the 90s, you'd have 120 riders there trying to qualify. Mm. The 250s, I never really did 250s, but I, I don't think it was as popular as the 125s. Yeah. And the 500 class... I think just probably just died with the development, oh, really? and then yeah. the four strokes come in from because there was a there must have been a time where like the top guys moved from five hundred. They were racing five hundred one year, and there's like now we're going to go race two fifties now. Uh, no, there really wasn't. There wasn't really many guys, you know, like you know back in them days who you you had Smets, you had Everts. Like Everts would do like a two fifty F class on the same day and a and a four hundred mm. class. So. I think the way, I can't really say, but I would say the way it evolved with Ustream and the way they did the free race at the time, and it was like one race on a day, because I think there was a couple of days where Everts did all three, uh, all three of them. And three did all three, didn't they? And I think probably there wasn't enough money coming into it to, to keep pushing. And the manuf- that'd be a question you'd have to ask the manufacturers why they did it. I would say maybe their, their bike sales, I mean... You know, if you talk about CR500s, if you go to a shop today, you know, and all three of us go in, you know, I might be, yeah, I'll have a 500. Ned would maybe go, I'll have a 125. You'll have a two, 250. Where we might go in the shop and go, none of us want the 500. We'll all have the 125. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the 500 back in the day, you know, like I was good on a 125. Really not very good on a 252 stroke. But I was better on a 500. So I preferred a 500 over a 250. And, you know, it, it's kind of, you know, not many people went into a shop and bought a no, KX500 uh, yeah, or CR500. You know, it's like, not like it's a weekend like warrior a bike, bike, is it? Or it's a fun bike to ride, but you have to be like on it. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. don't think like if you're not riding all the time, you know, like to jump on one of them, especially like when you haven't ridden the big 450s and stuff, mm-hmm. like when, say you went from a one to five, two stroke in 1992 onto a 500, you know, that's a big, it's a big, big jump, you know. Yeah. But it'd be, it, that's a very good question to kind of ask, to ask like the Japanese or ask someone to go like, why that happened? And they're, they're either going to say, look, we didn't sell enough units 
or we just wanted to move into the four stroke and maybe the four stroke is the way forward but the four stroke also has made this you know the you know people talk about bike sales and bikes not selling from what i can see you know i had this conversation yesterday with someone is if you bought a 125 two stroke back in uh 2000 you kind of ride it half a year you put a couple of pistons in it and go oh she's a bit she's a bit knackered now i'll go to the dealer and get another one trade it in where you buy a you know a um a four stroke 250 450 me and neville buy one take it out ride it all year put a piston in it put it in the garage you go back in the next january get back on it mm. still feels mega yeah, yeah. feels tight engine's Very got plenty of power so you can get like three four years out of a four stroke now yeah and you wouldn't buy another one yeah so that's kind of where the four stroke they've they've made them that good now you know you can yeah you'll just keep it and keep using it which knocks on the resale value not the resale value but you know buying new bikes where a two-stroke after say three four months of of a top rider riding it you can notice a poor, back in the day the performance coming yeah, down so i remember one two fives did we had bikes just literally for two national motors like you used like six times a year like that's how gnarly two strokes i think yeah. i think every time you ride a two-stroke to its limit you're losing like percentages yeah and like on that one i used to that when that year you helping me when i was doing that two-stroke thing i literally went from british championship race to british championship race in that thing yeah and you, like, and you nearly rode it not after you know not after touch no. it the compression's still there it's still sweet yeah but I think if you like to do motors on, like you can do motors on a 450 all day long and it'll be sweet where yeah. those bikes, like you go to like normal, you do 130, yeah, there's yeah. a chance that thing's going to pop soon. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah. 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 All right. To, to finish, put a, a full stop on this debate then, I'll chuck another curveball in there that you might hate me for. But I rode the Alter Redshift when I was in America. And What's it, that? The Alter Redshift, the electric bike. All right, I was going to say, I've so never I'll heard of that bike. So, so it's like... <laughs> 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 like what the hell? What bike's that? I like the sound yeah. of that. Like, yeah. so do you know the one Josh Hill rode in Red Bull Strait? Yes, yes. So that bike. And then you always hear about, oh, 2040, no petrol cars and all this stuff. You like, you worry about the state, what the sport's going to be in 10, 20, 30, 40 years. You're like, oh, yep. shit. Mm. That bike honestly made me think that, oh, look, we'll be all right. Yeah. Because that was a motocross bike. Yeah. It just happened to have an well, dude, electric like, motor in it. Well, look, Honda's like, like in Honda, that exactly. sort of stuff. You know stuff's happening. Dude. Yeah. Like, but that, that bike for me, they, obviously the company's gone bust now or they've yeah. closed the doors. But that bike just proved to me that, like, yeah, we can, we could continue. I'm still things... super pumped that I grew up <laughs> racing. Yeah, so am I. So am I. But like, <laughs> like, so am I. But like, I'm just saying. It is, yeah. But that is where it's going to end up, you know. Like, in, even like in the post-apocalyptic future, yeah. when there's no fossil fuels left, we can still go. No, it'll, it'll, yeah, but can you afford it? That's the that, problem. But like, it'll that get cheaper like, and cheaper and cheaper. What the bike's going to be cheaper, aren't they? That that altar was like the altar was ten like, grand. It was eh? like fifteen thousand dollars. No, yeah, yeah. It was massive I thought it would be like half the money of a normal motocross no. bike. It was 15, I think, when I went there, it was maybe $16,000 and they oh, just yeah. slashed it a oh, little dude, bit. I honestly thought it would be like two, three grand for But that's yeah, no, because, no, like triple the money. That's maybe. because at the moment, like the techno, like the battery tech, yeah. is like in its infancy. And you got people like Tesla and like Elon Musk like working on making batteries smaller and cheaper. But do you think that they maybe went bust? But do you not think maybe they've sold that technology as well? Well, they sold out to um, Harley Davidson. Bought part of them, I think. 
and then they pulled out as well. Yeah, I don't. I'm not sure the ins and outs what happened, but Harley Davidson definitely invested in yeah. the company Alter, right? Who were making the motocross bikes, and yeah. then um, Alter shut the doors. There's those talks of like was maybe Dave coming Arnold back. in there in Alter? I'm not sure. I'm pretty sure Dave. I, I could the be guy, wrong, but I'm sure he used to be the Honda guy like years ago. Dave Arnold. I uh, think he maybe, was in there. Yeah, I'm sure maybe. I saw his name pop up somewhere. No, maybe, but I think Harley now they they are developing electric bikes for like their street bikes and yeah, they bought dude, another like, brand. You could like that whole electric Formula One series, dude. Those people they're gonna start developing stuff so quick for that. Yeah. So when it does come time to like when going to the whole motocross scene, like. There's going to be so much development about it. It's going to be, you know what I mean? It's like it's not going to be like a developing thing because mm. the other sports are kind of taking care yeah. of that. Eh? It'll be interesting the price of the Honda when it comes out because yeah. when I saw the bike, it looks yeah, it it just looks, looks like with yeah. an electric engine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it'll be interesting cool. what they want for that. Do, I reckon to start. I don't know. They're quite smart now. These companies. They keep those factory showers in them. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, it'll be quite expensive. Yeah. I'm sure. Right, so that will wrap us up then. That's our pick of. The greatest micro spikes of all time. I think we've got a pretty good selection there. Mm. Um, comment down below if you think we've missed something or what your favourite bike of all time is and why. And um, I'll be there to to answer some and I'll call these guys if you've got any questions for them. But yeah, that's the show for this week. Thanks for watching. Ned Bradshaw, where can, can they find you online? Uh, my stuff is um, Nefster272, so Instagram and Facebook, Nefster272. And Neil, um, they can't find you online yet. No. Still, still haven't sorted that one out. No, definitely but, not. Uh, where can the people find you this week or this weekend? After uh, this the weekend be under the uh, uh, Race Effects Piara Homes KTM tent. Working with Joel Rizzi. Joel Rizzi, who's probably asleep in that room over I there. I think he is. Yeah, I think he's, he's asleep. A, a few days of moto, so <laughs> he's been working hard. That's it for this week. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. And uh, we'll catch you again next week. Cheers, guys. <laughs>